Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. All right, let's rock and roll. Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of the Project Fitness Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Dr. Shante Cofield, the movement maestro. Dr. Shante and I met at Raise the Bar Conference, and that was a conference for fitness professionals down in the U.S., which was my first trip out of Canada in two years due to the pandemic. I was so fired up to come there. We had to sit down and listen to a bunch of different professionals, present different habits, different things they do in their business. And I had never met you before. And then when wow. I saw you present, I was like, wow. I, I want to have a conversation with her. I want to get her on the podcast because you do so many things, but you do a lot of stuff with social media. And I'm so excited to have you on here. Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast. My guy, Chris, thanks for having me. I didn't realize I should have known, but that was your first trip out of Canada uh, <laughs> post pandemic. That makes sense. That's a cool first trip. The conference was dope. Yeah, yeah. You probably tell I was super excited. You know, I was sitting upright. I was always taking notes. Exactly. I was taking notes. It's, I mean, that was my first big speaking gig back after. I don't, it doesn't matter, location independent. That was the first one back. So I think all of us were really excited about that and all of the friendships and relationships that have come about since then. And I'm, I'm really grateful for you uh, bringing me on here. This is, this is great. Your, your background is your doctor in physical therapy. But you, you doctor social media. That's what you do so well. <laughs> that has become my thing. Yeah, I did the traditional PT thing for about eight years. Uh, I did, actually, I should say five years. And then the last three were kind of non-traditional, kind of concierge, cash-based uh, PT. But I did the, the traditional thing and through some exclusions and, you know, I don't want to be doing this kind of thing anymore. I want to do more of this stuff, wound up like you said, being a doctor on social media and helping people with building their businesses, right? So I started with social media, helping in the movement space. Like I built my brand largely behind movement exercises. I started in 2014 and that's what I was putting out. Like that was the time of, you know, K-Star, Doc. they were all huge then. And I was like, this is cool. I want to join the conversation. And it did that pretty much exclusively with, you know, the motivational stuff in there, but movement stuff exclusively till about 2020. And then COVID hit and I made the, the big pivot into teaching others how to use Instagram, teaching others about online business. And that's where we are now. When you were doing it in 2014, were you mostly using YouTube or were you a big uh, IG person at the time? It was I, my first foray was with uh, Instagram. I did put some YouTube videos up and one of them did really well. But like I put videos on YouTube, Chris, just namely for my patients. I wasn't at all. It was like kind of like where I would host my quote unquote library. And so when I started doing my, my own kind of PT thing around, when did I start? I remember around 2015, I started doing kind of the cash-based thing. I needed to be able to link videos to, for people. And I didn't love linking other people's videos. So I had made much of my own, uh, but my big, you know, foray was with, was into, was into Instagram. So you then got obviously pretty busy with your, your, your work but then it expanded into the business side of it. Now, did you have any mentors from the past that helped you kind of curate it? Or was it by accident that you just started noticing, oh, this stuff's working. I, I figured something out. Yeah, it was largely accidental uh, because it wasn't my goal ever. I didn't go into things being like, I want to be a business coach. It was like, I went, I went on social media to connect with people to, I thought, uh, attract an audience of CrossFitters 
which thank goodness they didn't pick me because CrossFitters don't pay for anything. So <laughs> they didn't pick me. Other coaches, other coaches, professionals, PTs, things like that, Kairos and such picked me. Uh, and then I, so I got a gig teaching for rock tape. So I became one of their lead instructors and anytime that I would be specifically brought in. So when you host a rock tape course, you can ask for a certain instructor. You can set up the course on your own at your facility. Anytime I would be brought in without fail, the people bringing me in, they'd be like the owners or like the clinic directors. They'd want to go out to dinner or something like that afterwards. And every time they'd want to talk about leaving their job or doing something else. And so I was like, clearly people are starting to view me as having this expertise with this, or they want to hear what are my thoughts around this. So that was started doing kind of that in the background and still very much in the forefront was the movement stuff. Uh, and then just kind of started switching it slowly. And I've been really fortunate to be surrounded by people who want to help me and people who are doing similar things to me, but they're ahead of me and willing to offer guidance and be like, Hey, I tried this, this worked for me. Or like, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. And that's gotten me to where I am today. So you coach people, how to use social media for their businesses? Is that in the fitness space specifically or for multiple different uh, venues? I market primarily to those in like the health, wellness, fitness mm -hmm. demographic, because I speak their language and they speak my language and it's easy for them to say, yes, this person could help me. However, marketing online is marketing. It's storytelling. And it is the way that I teach stuff and what I teach is appropriate for anyone that's on, on there. The only person that's a little bit different is a person with a brick and mortar business kind of using Instagram for that. But I still have some, some, you know, expertise within that. Um, but I have had people go through my coaching program that are real estate brokers or real estate agents. I've had CPA go through, I've had lawyers go through. So people that can listen around the edges, they will go through, you know, work with me and do just fine. But I primarily market because it's easiest towards other movement, health, wellness, professionals, things like that. Mm -hmm. So how does social media help businesses, you know, using Instagram in comparison to, you know, the radio or old school? Uh, <laughs> I love it. Where are we at now? I love it. The radio. I love it. So social media is phenomenal for businesses that want to have a reach beyond the in-person beyond what's local to them. Like uh, social media isn't necessarily the best route. It's not, it's not, not even necessarily, it's not the best route to start focusing on for someone that's looking to attract in-person clients. Your best bet is in-person marketing, go pound the pavement. Mm -hmm. But for those that are looking to attract eyes outside of, you know, that what's possible directly in person, um, they're looking to offer online services. They're going to broaden that network. Social media can have an absolutely, you know, phenomenal, uh, be, be exceptionally helpful, I should say, because it gives you that reach. It gives you opportunity to interact with those, those people. I will say that it's pretty much a non-negotiable for folks who want to have an online business, unless those folks are like, we're just going to put a ton of money into ads. Then yeah, you don't have to really work, be worried. So worried about curating that social media experience or brand, but otherwise for anyone that's looking for more of the organic route, it's where the eyes are. And I would say, even if you are a brick and mortar business, it's kind of become, you know, analogous to what people would look up before to just see like, what has anyone said? Like, do you actually exist? What's your location? Like, what do you look like? People will go onto social media, even just to check that. So people that have a brick and mortar, you know, I'm not like, oh, you need to be posting every day, but having some sort of presence. So people know that you're not like, a killer is, is helpful.
Do you think people use social media when they're going to interview someone for a job? They drop off the resume, you know, the resume, and they say, the hmm, I wonder what their Instagram looks like. You know, I think that it would be wise. It depends on obviously who's doing the interviewing, but let's say that if it was me interviewing someone, even if I was brick and mortar, irrespective of what the, the business type was, if you at all have any um, desire for your employee to bring people in, that could be exceptionally helpful. Entrepreneur models are phenomenal. And it's a great way to give people autonomy and, and freedom and, um, you know, provide that confidence and self-worth, but they're still working for you and they don't have to deal. They don't have to worry about like being the boss. Cause a lot of people don't actually want to be the boss. So I think that some people would look at it, especially if they're looking to have their employees, perhaps one contribute a little bit to the bringing in or the acquisition of clients. And two, it can be a great way to, to showcase who you are, what you think, how you treat it can actually absolutely be way, way better than the traditional resume that's, you know, mm-hmm. only but so long. Yeah, I, I guarantee my dad would never be able to look on social media. <laughs> he's 100 years old. My dad's like 100 years old. Yeah, he's, uh, he's part of the old, part of the Facebook group. Remember those? those? You no, know, it's a thing, man. It's a thing. I remember. I remember getting it in, in college and being kind of hesitant and being like, do I want to sign up for this thing? Do, I don't know. And now people still on it, but. To each their own. Mm. So you do primarily Instagram. Um, do you yeah. do some work with Facebook, or what? Why would you choose IG over Facebook if since you have? Totally. So realistically, I chose Instagram one because it chose me. Uh, Facebook has largely become pay to play, meaning if you're trying to grow anything, it's you have to be running ads. So like gr- organic growth on that Facebook page is no longer a thing. So that was pretty much the case when I first started use decided to use social media. I have a Facebook page, but I started an Instagram page at the same time. And what got traction and what was like easiest to use for me and made the most sense was Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still value in Facebook now. And largely that's in Facebook groups because it's just a container. You can have everyone there. Yeah. I know people feel some kind of way about Facebook, but it's interesting to me because Facebook owns Instagram. So when people are like, I hate Facebook, I'm like, but I found you on Instagram. So <laughs> I get like, maybe they don't interact with certain people, but, uh, Facebook groups, you know, has value, but Instagram chose me and I doubled down on it. Uh, Instagram and Facebook shut down earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember, so I, mm-hmm. I, I use my Instagram a lot from a business perspective and I remember being like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, like what, what do I do now that is to shut down? And then yeah. uh, I remember thinking like someone said a long time ago, Hey, as long as you got an email list, you're good. And I'm like, fantastic. I don't. Yep. Uh, Chris, <laughs> that's not helpful for me. You nailed it though. That is something that if I could go back in my career and start earlier, it would be an email list. Um, I actually started mine on paper. So I used to go teach and I would pass around a piece of paper and be like, I haven't, I'm going to start an email. I didn't even have an email list at the time, but I was like, or a newsletter. I was like, I'm going to start a newsletter. Did you, do you want to be part of it? I signed someone's. I signed someone's. Molly did it. Molly is Molly had one and um, Molly sent one around. And I think Rachel and Brett had like a number you could text. They were like really savvy. I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not on that. Uh, but I would have started that earlier. But you can start like, like they did is with a piece of paper and pass that, you know, pass that around and have, and can collect them that way. But well, imagine, more, sorry, imagine being the person that works for them. And it's uh, your job. My VA did it. I know. <laughs> I now need to oh, these 300, you know, email. Right. Apps. I feel bad. We talk about that quite often. Our fingers 
they hand wrote too. So you're like, you know, <laughs> exactly. You're guessing. I'm like, is that a three? I totally. <laughs> it is one of the best ways to future proof yourself, though, is to maintain that connection with someone. And I think that an email is the best. Uh, you know, we saw creators for a while trying to collect phone numbers, which, you know, at least in the States, made sense. But then the election happened and somehow a lot of companies got our phone numbers and we were getting a lot of like election-based mm. texts. I think people just, I know myself, I just got sick of it. I was like, I don't want anyone texting me. Like I, I wouldn't have minded if it was a creator that I liked, but then you get bombarded by things. And I was like, keep the bombarding to my email. Don't mm. bring it onto my phone. Mm. Your, your IG, um, the movement maestro and, and your podcast, the thing that sticks out to me and you're doing it right now is the color, the colors that you have, like that beautiful green that you have holding up your mic right now. So if you're listening to this, you know, um, there's a, there's a beautiful mic, this neon green piece to it and all your, your, your reels with your hat. I tried to do it. I was going to have flip backwards, like the beak topped up when you came on, but my hats are all pre-curved. So what happened, I would, I would cut my beak, so I couldn't do it. But on your reels, you got all these vibrant colors and stuff. Is that a form of branding? It has become, uh, you know, it's like, one, I love that you tried it with the hat. Uh, two, it has become something part of my brand, right? So branding to me is, uh, is like leaving your mark, right? But if you kind of take it a step further, it's how you make people feel and then subsequently how they feel about you. Everything we do is, is branding. Um, I've always loved those bright colors. I've, I am a you know child of, the, I'm born in 85, but like that, you know, because of that, a child of the 90s. Mm. And I love that those things are back. And even if they're not back, I'm still going to wear them. Starter uh, so what was that? You have a starter jacket? Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had, I had a Bulls one, a Chicago Bulls one. I had Jersey Devils one, New Jersey Devils. That's <laughs> great. Yes, so, you know, it's just been a matter of me showing up as me. And uh, I love the colors. It's, it's fun and people seem to enjoy it. But I mean, I do it first and foremost because it brings me such joy. So you said branding is leaving your mark. Is, is, that, is that the same as people will associate you with blah? Like, is that a form? Totally. Totally. I think that we can, you know, really create a really more encompassing form of understanding of branding. Like we can think of it as like, you know, the logo side of things uh, if we want and kind of get more technical with it. But I really do think that it's the, you know, the way you make people feel and then how they feel about you. And the way you make people feel is with everything you're doing, right? It's how you're speaking, how you look, that hat that's up, the colors, all of those things. And then when we have repetition within it, it becomes familiar for people. And so they associate that with, you know, your branding or your brand and you can choose a set color and you can choose a set logo for sure. Uh, but, you know, I think we can take a step back and think of it in, in the bigger picture as well. For someone who works in, in say fitness, personal training, group fitness instructor, strength conditioning coach, and they get on the IG and they start following you and they see some of the stuff you're doing, they listen to this podcast, they say, I'm, I'm going to brand myself. I want to brand myself so that I can attract more clients. Where should they start? I love that. Number one is authenticity. There, I think people, we, you know, when we're first starting out, it's so normal to emulate or imitate someone else because we don't know. We're learning by example. The goal for me is for folks to, as quickly as they feel comfortable, gain that confidence to show up in a way that feels authentic to them. And that may take longer for some folks who haven't done that. And so they're like, I don't even know what my voice is. 
that's fair. The goal is that you're working towards finding what you feel is your voice and what you feel is how you want to be showing up. Because as long as you're trying to be something else, it's not sustainable either. So number one starting point is that we're looking to show up as you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if somebody isn't sure, they're like, I'm not sure what it is. I, I could be the back hat person. I could be the neon color. Per you're not sure, but you're posting all these different things. Is there any metrics? Is there any ways to tell? It's like, hey, I might be onto something. Or did this happen to you? Like, did you automatically say, I'm going to go with neon colors? I didn't. I was actually blue. It was like a kind of powdery, like blue. And then I got a, this green came about kind of again by accident. I got a Jeep. And it was green. I didn't go to the dealer wanting a green Jeep. I didn't even want, I didn't even go expecting to get the Jeep. I, love I was your, like, I love your Jeep. I saw it on thank your you. profile. My I got heart. it myself. Yeah. What do you have? I got it. I got a 2012 four door Wrangler. Oh, yeah. Good man. Brethren. I got kids I got the Jeep before the kids because I knew they were like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I mean, I went, so I went to the dealer not expecting to get the Jeep. I went there and to test drive, you know, then they get you. I did not go there looking for a green Jeep. I went there and then the Jeep happened to be on the showroom floor. And I was like, I actually really like that. And then I did a rebrand. I wanted to tighten up my logo. And that's when I was like, let's actually change the colors. I like the Jeep color. We're going to go and be, do something bold. But to, to circle back to your question, I think that's how you decide on things. It's that you get started and you see what feels good for you. So, you know, in terms of metrics, I caution people against looking at what metrics externally, it's like used for external validation, and instead think, what makes this easiest for me? What comes most naturally for me? So like when I coach people, I have them, I suggest that they post every day, not because it's the fastest way to go viral, but because it's the fastest way to find yourself. It's the fastest way to figure out, oh, I like posting about this. Oh, this is like, really fun for me to talk about. This is really easy for me to talk about. So if we're looking at metrics, I would say, look at what's easiest for you. You can look at the frequency with which you know you talk about this specific you know thing. And then that's the thing that you should be looking to, to kind of double down on. What are the, let's say dad's listening, my dad, he's listening right now. When we talk about certain metrics to look at with Instagram, what are the key players in metrics? Cool. So if you're going to be my dad, so if you, when people that are really, really into, I'm not a metrics person, but when people are like, but I got to know some numbers, I tell them, look at F5S. So F and then the number five and then S. So you can check all these. If you have an Instagram account, you have to be a professional account. And then the type of account that I recommend having is a creator account so that you have all music business accounts tend to not have all the music, which is kind of annoying. So you as a creator, I woke up, it was gone. I'm like, oh. exactly. They take oh. it away. I wanted to like, run DMC. It's like that. I, was really, <laughs> I'm like, I had the perfect thing for that song and I couldn't get it. <laughs> you got, you got to be creative. Mm -hmm. So then you have access to all the songs and you have access to the metrics and the insights. And so F five S F is going to be follows. The five S's are going to be saves. That's a big one. Shares. We're going to go say something. So that's actually just comments, but I needed it to be an S. So it's easy to remember. And then that's two S's there. And then the last uh, S is going to be sales. Now, obviously you can't directly track sales from Instagram, but you can kind of track sales if like you're selling one thing and then you've got a sale from it. Then yeah, like this post was quote unquote worth it. But the big things to be looking at are going to be follows, saves, shares, comments, 
uh, and sales. Notice that I didn't say likes. You can track them if you want. You know, like if the post quote unquote does well with that. But from a business perspective, right? Likes don't, don't pay your bills. Follows, saves, and shares. Those are going to be coming closer to paying your bills because those are going to be people that are more interested in what you're saying. Those people that are more on the road to becoming um, customers of yours. Mm-hmm. Have you ever uh, uh, posted something and it just it just hit? it was heavy. And you're like, I didn't see that coming. At totally. All. And that's usually what will happen. I mean, the longer that you've been doing it, the more that you have a rough idea, if something is going to be going to do well, especially if like, if the algorithm quote unquote is not like changing and it's been kind of the same for a while, you will have a rough idea. If like, Oh, if I post them like this, like I know it'll get more traction, but then every now and then there is a post that you're just like, really that, which is why I encourage people again, post every day and post and move because you will never 100% figure it out. And if you try to, you're going to just rack your brain and drive yourself crazy because you can't. I had a post yesterday that I thought would be big. I thought it was a good one. It was a quote and it said, day old chicken smells like farts, changed my mind. And I was like, this is gold. This is (laughs) absolute flop. When you compare it to like other things I've done, I was like, wow, (laughs) not go well at all. And it was one of those ones where I was like, so pumped for it and just dead. And it'll, that will happen. That will happen. I will also say that right now, the, you know, Instagram made the official announcement earlier last year that they were a video platform. Adam Mosseri, the CEO said it like, we're no longer a static post sharing app. We're a video platform trying to keep up with TikTok, attract the younger user base. And that in mind, the posts that are static and that are quotes, especially now, they just like sometimes they don't get shown to as many people. Like I guarantee that if it was getting shown to the same amount of people that it used to be, it would do well because it's the same people, but it's not being shown to as many people because it's really, you know, Instagram's really pushing video and pushing reels. So it's like, oh, this would be a great one. And yet it flops. Totally. <laughs> You did mention a word that I know my dad wouldn't know. Algorithm. Right. That word. Algorithm sounds like the name of the mailman down the road. (laughs) Drop off the mail today. Um, But what is an algorithm, an Instagram algorithm? How do they work? I have no idea exactly how they work. And I don't know if anyone does, Like people speculate. And I think people will like to try, try to take your money and be like, this is how you beat it. Uh, Suffice to say that we know the algorithm the system that decides what gets shown to people is based off of engagement and interaction. So how long someone's watching the video, how many times they replay it. And based on that, Instagram will push that to more people or less people. But that's like as much as we know. We can't really control much else because it's it's out of our it's out of our control. Ideally, or not ideally. On the flip side, I think the one good thing about the algorithm is that because of this system, you are a bit more insulated. So within, again, within this algorithm, it's that based on your likes, your preferences, the things that you double tap on, the things you engage with, it's going to show you more of those things because it wants you to stay on the platform. Because of this, we are a bit more isolated and our stuff doesn't just get shown to like some random person that has completely different values than us because they probably wouldn't be interacting with things like what we're putting out. So Instagram does tend to have a bit of a nicer user base because you're more like amongst people that like what you like and are doing what you're doing. 
now with the advent of reels and they're kind of making it like um, TikTok, you get kind of thrown in front of more people, right? It's giving you more organic reach, which means that you may get in front of people that are not very nice or don't have very nice things to say to you. But if that, if your goal is growth, you know, you can't have it both ways where like, I want to grow, but only to nice people. Like it, it does, that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, jive. So all that I can say with the algorithm is don't try to figure it out because it's always changing. It's out of your control. Part of it is based on human behavior. And we know humans are very emotional and can be very irrational. So your best bet is in a, I kind of liken it to, um, to, I love Vegas. I kind of liken it to Vegas or casino in a game where, uh, luck and timing play can play a very big role in whether or not you win your best bet is simply to always be playing. That's the only way you can kind of guarantee better odds. And does that come back around to your circle back around to what you mentioned before about posting daily? Yeah. Totally. So the main reason that I want people posting daily is so that they will figure out what they like saying and how they like saying it. Because, you know, confidence is on the, is on the other side of action. Competency is on the other side of action. You need reps, you need reps, you need reps. And so uh, when you post daily, you get those reps faster than if you're posting less than daily. Uh, it also kind of decreases the importance that you place on each post. But from a... Uh, tactical, I guess, perspective, it is the best chance you have at, you know, landing favorably with the algorithm. If it's something you're thinking about, because you're just always part of the game. Mm -hmm. You mentioned about if, if you like certain things, then that's probably where your stuff is going to get sent around to. Let's say I'm a fitness professional, so I do personal training, but deep down inside, I love chocolate cake. So I'm always searching up chocolate cake and I'm always looking at these recipes and stuff and I'm liking all these chocolate cake stuff. Could it be possible that my page will start showing up or my stuff will start showing up in chocolate cake lovers? I would say only if they had some sort of thing that was at all fitness related. What is going to happen is your interaction with those pages is just going to make that your whole mean that your whole feed is going to be like chocolate cake related, which is not a bad thing. I follow a lot of uh, cake decorating accounts. It's very soothing. Very I could just start flipping over and doing like weight loss cake. Like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right? It'd be my thing. Why is it a lot of people don't get into this game? You know, I've, I, I've talked to other professionals before and they're like, right. I have Instagram. They're like, well, you don't have Instagram? They're like, nah, I don't got time for that stuff. Yeah. I don't have that stuff or, you know, it doesn't work. Why do people kind of shy away from it, in, in your opinion? That's a great question. I think two things. I think one is we're very, you know, loss averse as a, as a, as a species. And I think people are a bit concerned about wasting their time. There's no guaranteed results. They don't know if it's definitely going to work. And so they're just like, I'm loss averse. I'm just not going to do that thing. Uh, and two, I think that, especially in the United States, it's a very punitive society. And I think people are afraid of punishment and punishment looks different. You know, it could be loss of friends. It could be people saying mean things. And I think that people are really afraid of putting themselves out there that someone's going to say something mean, especially they're like, I care about this thing. And I poured my heart and soul into it. And now this person just said some, you know, horrendous shit. Like, I think people are definitely afraid of that on, on some level, which is a valid concern. Very valid. Has that ever happened to you? 
It has not, not to the point where I was like, oh man, I gotta step back from this. Um, my growth has been very slow, which makes it such that the people that are coming in, they spend time there. They tell other more people like them. Uh, and so I tend to have like a nicer crowd. Um, I don't put polarizing stuff up either. If you are going to come and be intentionally polarizing, uh, then you're typically going to attract people that want to just fight and be, be like that. Um, you know, I'm doing more reels now. I'm doing a ton. I'm doing more reels now, and I, I anticipate if I'm going to get any kind of comments, then they would happen now. But I am in a really good place, Chris, and that I've been doing this for so long and my Insta fam is so loyal that I know if any comments come, the people in my comment section would probably handle it before I could even get to it. You got your own security guards. That's you got it. They're, we're good. The security guards. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Or I've had some people say things like that before. They're a little bit hesitant because of that negative aspect yeah. that go with it. But I think that's a really good uh point of advice or tip of advice is just don't be so polarized unless that's what you're, you're going after. Exactly. If you're going after it, then you know, you're going to get it right back. And I think probably, you know, you're okay with that. But I think that, uh, you know, my friend Forrest, he started, he loves TikTok. He's also grown his following on Instagram now, but he started on TikTok. And that was actually something that he was just like, I just had to get over because the, the algorithm over there is not the same as it is on Instagram. So the way that, uh, you know, the way that the system decides who your content gets shown to is different than on Instagram. And because of that, there's a lot more organic growth and it can be really fast and big, you know, far reaching. And it's a younger demographic. People are on there for entertainment and it can be a harsher crowd. And mm -hmm. so he was like, I just had to like get over it. He's like, it doesn't make it any easier. He's like, but I knew that if I wanted to succeed in this, that I was going to have to be okay with this and not take it personally and like learn ways to handle it. So I don't want to, you know, spout lies and be like, it's impossible. It'll never happen to you. It might, but you make that one understand that we attract what we are for sure. So lead with kindness, lead with, you know, when I would speak about movement stuff, I never spoke in absolutes. Cause I was like, I don't know, like, maybe will this help you? I don't know if this will help you. This has helped me. And it's not the only way to do something. It's not the best way. It's the way that I prefer. Um, so there was always that wiggle room there. Uh, and then I think the last thing is if that does happen to you, that's when you get the opportunity to figure out, to think about how you want to handle it. Do you want to, you know, react back? Do you want to just delete it? Which you can mm -hmm. just like, you know, I've had a few of those. I'm just like, I'm just going to just delete this. This is like them. This is on them. Uh, but I would say that that is far less common than the good comments that you will get and the support that you will get. Well, your Instagram is so positive. I mean, it just reeks of positivity. So I, I totally see, you know, you put out good energy, you get good energy back. Yeah, totally. And thank you for saying that, Chris. I went on, I went on TikTok um, uh, just as COVID hit. Yeah. Obviously I had some free time, right? <laughs> so like, I'm gonna, we were locked, locked down. So like, okay, I'm going to go on TikTok. So I started doing like some fitness stuff, uh, you know, more my style and nothing really was, it was getting crazy busy. I was getting my yeah. normal thing that I would assume. And then one day I'm barbecuing, um, hot dogs, right? So I'm barbecuing some wieners and I, <laughs> so picture this, picture this, I got the clasp, the clamper, right? So I grab about 10 hot dogs at once and I toss them on the barbecue and I record myself doing this. And I made a TikTok to vanilla ice, 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 baby, start to finish five seconds. And I just put on top when cooking for boys, 
right? Because I got kids, I got little boys, right? Yeah. That was it, like six, seven, eight second it. video, whatever. And it blew up like 150,000 views. That. And it was one of those things where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Then <laughs> 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 I started thinking the less time and effort and the less realistic I do something, it might be better. Mm-hmm. I never saw something like that happen with, with mm-hmm. Instagram. That. But I saw that in TikTok. I was like, okay, that. TikTok is the entertainment, like what you were saying. That that 100 100 100% I still so we're kind of seeing that happen a little bit Chris with reels where people will put up kind of a nonsense thing and then it like goes viral which I will um advise people I'm like just be cautious when you're making reels because if it has nothing to do with let's say you're using Instagram for business mm. if the reel you create has nothing to do with what you do for business there's a good chance that's the one that's going to go viral, especially if it has like a dog in it or something. Mm. So it's not wrong to do that, but just understand that if you are using this for business, you're trying to attract customers, you're trying to grow your following, you probably won't grow your following behind that. And you're just going to get a lot of eyes on that one single post, but it's not actually going to do anything for your, for your numbers, for your metrics or anything like that. But definitely TikTok started that with the whole like, do this and the shorter, the better. Like you said, five seconds and put a sound bite on it. And you're like, this is... Okay. So it's entertainment factor. So bizarre. Just laugh now. I was like, this is this is funny. So I had one of um this was actually a really nice thing. Is so my youngest is five years old, and I took a video of him doing a barbell squat. And it was oh. me teaching him I use this five-step system, you know, do this, do this, do this. Beautiful little video, little guy moves well and stuff. And it was a long, it was a long video. And then it got shared on um squat university. Oh, dope. Yeah. Million and a half. Uh-huh. So I'm right away like oh oh shit like this is my 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 son i i better make sure no one you know is being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the comments i went through every single comment on there and there was like six thousand comments i went through every single one and there was like three three yeah. that were not that nice and they weren't even that bad Good. it was like Good. it's gonna grow yeah but that's it but the yeah. positive comments that i've never Bad. seen i've never seen a post with that much you know yes positivity and i was like i would like to bottle this up and it's like yes. get to people it was so beautiful yes yes it's out there man i love that you had that experience it is out there i know social media can get a bad rap and there because there's bad sides of it and bad things can come out of it but there's also such good and there's so many real people and genuine people and people that want happiness and want to share their happiness and want to share in your happiness and then lift you up it, it does exist out there i'm so glad that that happened chris hmm. so you did mention about uh posting on a daily basis like as one strategy you did mention also to you know authentic often that's a hard word to say <laughs> be authentic just be authentic <laughs> be yourself yeah what are other simple strategies that you might love to someone who wants to use social media to help their business uh i would say number one post and move meaning you can't get caught up on a single post and like, how well did it do? You, like you have to move on to the next thing. Otherwise it will stop you, right? Because the whole goal is any strategy that you're utilizing is we want one that's going to, we want a strategy that's going to push us towards longevity, right? Longevity reigns supreme. The longer you're able to stay on this thing, the more likely it is that you're going to see the fruits of your labor. So post and move. I would say with content, understand that once is never. So just because you said one thing one time, it's basically like saying it never. The goal with content creation, especially something like Instagram, is how many different ways can you say the same thing? 
right? Can you make it in a video? Can you make it as a reel? Can you make it as swipe content? Can you make it as a static post? Can you go in your stories and break it down? Can you go on live and break it down? And then do that whole thing all over again because people need to hear it that many times. So instead of trying to come up with a zillion different things to talk about, figure out your main talking points, your main pillars, and then you just keep talking about them again and again and again, once it's never, and then in as many different ways as possible. I love that. And as you say, and I'm just thinking of other other uh, pages and years yourself that I'm like, oh yeah, I keep hearing the same yeah. thing. He's a Pertoz guy over and over and over again, same stuff on there. Yeah, 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 Ben's got great stuff. He yeah. does. Um, uh, so that, that's a good one there to utilize or try to use a strategy to increase your social media. Is there any benefit in, uh, I get the bot, I don't know if they're bots or there's people out or they're just scams. A lot of times in the DMs, they're like, Hey, you want to buy some followers? You want to buy this? Is there any utility in using that? Zero. And it will actually mess things up. So that, you know, again, with the algorithm, that is that system that's out there that decides who's going to see your content, how much are they going to push of this? When you have bots in the mix, so when you buy followers, it messes that up. It messes up kind of what we call kind of like your sender reputation, and it's not going to show your stuff to as many people. If you go to run ads ever, uh, it, that will be messed up as well. Oh, Rupert's here. Uh, that will get messed up as well. So that is the last thing that you want to do. I understand the appeal of it, right? Because as much as we want to say that follower count isn't everything, there is some clout and increased ease of navigating things that comes about when you have a higher following count, follower count, whether it's that it's easier to get more followers because new people come and they see that number and they're like, oh, well, there must be good stuff on, stuff on here because other people are following this, whether it's that you get opportunities to speak, opportunities to you know, do affiliate things, whatever it is. Yeah, that follower number has an effect and I can understand why it might be tempting, but in the long run, right? Cause we said longevity reigns supreme in the long run, buying them will hurt you more than it helps you. Mm -hmm. You'd mentioned that the reels are, are quite popular right now and they're attracting that, uh, you know, uh, yep. the goldfish mentality, you know, short <laughs> but they're, they're quite popular. What else is popular right now? And what is dying? What's dying off? you mentioned the, uh, the quotes are dying off. Yeah. You know, quotes, it's interesting because people what they're trying to do now. I'm seeing some of like the bigger like meme accounts trying to trying to you know navigate this uh, by putting memes or putting quotes in a reel. Like so, that's just it's just the image of the quote, but it's a reel. So it doesn't the screen doesn't change. It's just that same thing. And they're just trying to like trying to hack the algorithm. Uh, so the other thing that's working right now is going to be swipe content, meaning posts that have multiple pages to them. The cool thing about that is that it kind of gives you a second chance at things. So the first thing that's going to show up in someone's feed is going to be the first slide. And then like a day later, the second slide is what shows up on someone's feed. So you get like a second chance at them seeing your stuff. Um, I also think that it ties into... I don't want to say people have short attention spans. It kind of bothers me when people say that our attention span has stayed the same. It's just, there's more things vying for our attention. So your stuff has to like catch their attention and hold it. Cause I don't know if you know what Twitch is, but for anyone listening, Twitch is a streaming platform largely used by gamers. People will watch Twitch for hours, mm -hmm. hours, eight hours watching Twitch. So I don't want to say that like people's attention span is going out. It's just that there's more vying for it. So it has to be like, this content is what I want. It's entertaining for me. So I think that thinking about that and kind of uh, 
um, one, getting someone in quickly, and then two, keeping them there. That's what the swipe content is good with because it pulls the person through as opposed to like a long caption, which I, I write a, long, a lot of long captions, but you could take that caption instead of having it in the caption, have it in quote cards. And then the person's active there, they're swiping through them. It keeps them engaged. Uh, and so those are working well. As well. By swipes, do you mean like, you know, swipe to go to a link, like a website or swipe to go to a podcast? Something nope, just the actual post. And, you know, if you like swipe to the left, you can keep seeing more of the images on that post. That's what, what I mean by swipe content. So not uh, not swiping away from the platform or anything like that. It's just swiping to read all the, see all of the slides. You're allowed up to 10 slides. This is called a carousel post. You're allowed mm -hmm. up to 10 slides. Preferably those are just written. They're not videos. Like you don't, I don't want to watch 10 videos. I got you now. <laughs> I didn't know what it was at first. I was like, oh, now I know, now I know what it is. What's dead? What, what, what's, what's dead? Or is dying, you think? I think, well, one, something that never does well, and you have a podcast, so you probably have seen this. Posts that are about podcasts typically don't do well. Like the, um, what are they called? Um, audiograms. I put them up every Monday or every other Monday when I come up with an episode. Those typically don't do as well. Um, super long video. I don't know if that was ever a thing because it's kind of called Instagram. So it kind of lends itself to things being shorter. Um, but you know, like Instagram did away with IGTV. We just have the video section of, of Instagram. There's no longer an IGTV section, but you know, people are not on the platform to watch longer videos. You can put them up there, but people, you know, that when we, when Instagram first started and gave us video it was 15 seconds long, we're back to that, right. It's gone right. up and then it's gone back down. So super long video isn't typically, I wouldn't recommend that as a first thing, especially because attention is earned. So if you're trying to get new followers to ask them for so much attention of like 10 minutes, this is a lot. Um, we're seeing, so I don't use TikTok, but I'm familiar with like what's going on. We're seeing on TikTok that they've increased the video time to 10 minutes over there. So we have that on Instagram as well. But what I would contend is that it's a different user base. I believe that TikTok has more of like the like audio visual learner where people like to watch videos. They like to listen to things. The sound is on. They're a different type of creator. That creator is very similar to a YouTuber. And so going to a longer video, I think is fine over there. On Instagram, I think most of the audience or a large part of the audience is visual. Most people watch Instagram with the sound off. Like, let's be honest about this. I'm kind of offended when I have to put the sound on. And the bus going to work or they're traveling. Yeah, exactly. Like you just kind of watching, you have to read things. So, you know, the longer videos never, that's why IGTV never really took off because no one's really trying to watch long videos. They're trying to just read things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's a different user base. I think on Instagram, the longer videos, they, they don't, you they can say they're dead. I don't think they're ever really alive. Um, I'm sure someone has like some obscure case that they're like, no, my, my one friend did it. Okay. That's fine. Uh, but Instagram, same thing with stories, stories are, are big as well. Instagram is talking about switching. Uh, what is the word, uh, condensing or consolidating the platform and having it look like TikTok. So if you ever go to TikTok, it's just like a constant feed. Like there's no other like header. You, there's no stories section on, on TikTok. Instagram is talking about doing away with that. And so your entire feed would just look like that. And then stories would like be mixed in with it. You know, they're trying to, to keep up with that user base, but I would say the only thing that's really dead is super, super long video right now. And static posts, they're trying to push, push away from them. So I would say if you're going to do static posts, 
to have it as a uh, carousel of posts. Okay. So um, let's just say I just, I wave my magic wand and then all of a sudden, boom, you run Instagram. Mm. So if you run Instagram, there's anything you could do to help people with their businesses and stuff, change, add, remove, what would you do? Or what do you think would be beneficial? I would uh, take the breaks off of organic. I mean, take the breaks off of organic growth. Like it's so frustrating right now with Instagram trying to curate things and pushing certain things. Like I've always wondered, like what would happen if you just left it up to people? Like definitely things get pushed by the, by the platform, as opposed to like, just let the users decide what they want to see. That would be, Mm -hmm. gosh, that would be amazing to have. Uh, I would also, I think that Instagram is very unique in the fact that it does have all these different types of parts of the platform. And I would leave them. I like that we have reels for people that want reels. It shouldn't be forced. Like not everybody wants to watch them. I like that we have stories. I like that we do have longer video if people want it. And I love that we had static posts and like, you know, we could write things. And I love that we have 2,200 characters in a caption. That's incredible. We can- Did not know that. 2,200 characters. Yeah, we have a lot. So you, if you're a writer, I'm better at writing or I enjoy writing, like you can express things that way. You can have a quick, so, you know, there's a little bit of a tip folks Uh, with a reel. Yes. The shorter reels tend to do better. They get pushed. And the reason I think they get pushed is because if we circle back to that thing, the, the algorithm, part of what's, what it uses to decide if it should show this to more people is watch time. Now, I think that what they can do is set like a minimum amount of watch time. So like this video was viewed for two seconds. It means it's good. Send it to more, show it to more people. They could manipulate that in theory and shorten that. And, you know, different videos, different videos would go more, more likely to be pushed. But also if you have a shorter video, it's more likely to be rewatched. And that's another thing that the algorithm is looking at. How many times is this, this single video rewatched? So the beautiful thing that you can do on Instagram that you can't do on TikTok is you can make a short video and then you could have 2,200 characters to explain or teach something. So you could use the reel just to convey the funny part or the entertaining part or, this, or this, the feeling, the emotion about this thing. I'm angry. And then you can do the whole 2,200 characters and explain something about it. Uh, which is a really, really cool feature. And so, you know, if I had the magic wand, I'd leave all the parts and I'd let human desire be what decided what you get to see. I love that. I'd have a tutorial set up for my dad. <laughs> Poor dad. Like there, this, so this there's a tutorial. Story. They have, if you don't know about it, folks, there's a thing called the Instagram help desk or help center. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It's probably the best thing that they've done. And it actually walks you through. There's pictures of things. They did a really good job. No way. So yeah, send your dad there. I think it will help him. I, th- I think I will. <laughs> uh, today you talked about um, being authentic, you know, why, why people should use social media to help their, their business, what you would change about it, uh, the pros and the cons, what's dead, what's, what's firing. Um, for that, for any of my listeners uh, right now who are in the fitness space and stuff, I'm sure that they got a lot of really good pieces of information that can help them moving forward with their business. But let's talk about you and just as we end here, what, what are you moving forward with your business? Yeah. I mean, right now I'm kind of in a holding pattern. We're in a maintenance phase. Uh, I do a lot of my launching stuff in the beginning of the year. I run coaching programs. I run an Instagram program. I run an online business program with my, my business partner, Jill, uh, Jill Coleman. So right now we are in just the very end of March and things will be staying the same for the next few months. And then 
usually after summer around September, I pick back up. I run my Instagram coaching program again, and then we start enrollment for our uh, group coaching online business program uh, at the end of October. So things are holding. I got some speaking engagements and uh, gearing up for summer. I love working for myself. It's one of those things where if I want to work more, I work more. If I don't want to work more, I don't work more and I just make less money. I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's awesome that you have that, uh, uh, that, that aspect of your life. Any, any speaking engagements in Canada? You got to make the trip up? Yeah, nothing in Canada as, as of right now, but I would say probably in 2023 when things are like hopefully a bit more normalized everywhere then you know it's an inter- it is international then uh, international gigs i'll start picking back up on those and make my way back up to canada i love it up there everyone's so nice it's cold though chris it's cold yeah, that's why you got to come in the summer you got to come exactly celsius it's like 25 to 30 degrees <laughs> we'll get you up here we got a big fitness conference quite large camping pro one of the largest ones in the world um but yeah i'm sure there's a lot of people that could really benefit from hearing you speak Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. Same here. If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.